Hello everybody, it is Michael and I'm back with another episode of the Under Pressure Podcast. In today's episode, uh, we got some games to talk about and we got some more NFL news. The NFL season is creeping up really quickly. It'll be starting this Thursday, so I'm really excited about that. Uh, if you're listening on any audio platform, uh, make sure to download. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leave it a five star. And if you're watching on YouTube, uh, make sure to leave a like. If you want to just hear me talk about specific topics, uh, I have my clips channel linked in the description. So make sure to check that out. And yeah, let's get right into the podcast, uh, talking about some of the games that happened uh, Wednesday before I recorded. So first, we're going to talk about uh, Game 7 of Thunder versus Rockets. Now, this was an insane one. A really back-and-forth game throughout the entire game. Uh, Luke Wentz-Dore, after having some of the worst offensive performances I've seen in a while, uh, was incredible this game. Scored 30 points, hit 6 of 12 threes. It was so much fun to watch to see an undrafted rookie uh, really go crazy like that. Darius Baisley continues to be really, really good for the Thunder. Uh, I'm, I really like what I've seen from him. Uh, this playoffs, this bubble, I think he has a super bright future. He's been hitting his threes really well, and he also has a really nice all-around game. So I really like what I saw from Darius Baisley. Uh, Dennis Schroeder really struggled the last couple games. The series shot 5 of 17. Uh, that was a, a big hurt to them. And Chris Paul was great. He started off a bit slow, wasn't very aggressive on offense, but was doing a great job of facilitating, uh, getting rebounds, playing good defense. Uh, I think he was the oldest player in NBA history get uh, third. Well, get a triple double in uh, Game Seven, which is really cool to watch. Uh, Shea was decent, nineteen points on six of eleven, uh, and then Stephen Adams was just all right, like he's been all series. But it was really crazy to watch Luke Wentz-Dort, uh just play amazing. Uh, moving on to the Rocket side, uh, Russell Westbrook was just all right, nine of twenty. Uh, over two from three. He's still getting back in the groove. He still doesn't look completely like himself, uh, but he's looking better and better each game, looking more and more athletic. And hopefully he can uh, get into the, back into that February Russell Westbrook where he was just blowing by everybody. It seemed like no one could stop him when he wanted to get to the basket, and then he was either finishing strong or kicking it to the corner. So hopefully we can get that back. Uh, James Harden really, really struggled this game. It was rough to watch. 4-15, 1 of 9 from 3. Uh, those step backs were really struggling. He really just couldn't hit those at all, and it it was looking bad. If they lost this game, this would have been a huge stain on his legacy. If he had another time where he disappeared in a big game, uh, luckily they didn't, but that could have been really bad for them. Uh, Robert Covington continues to be phenomenal. He's looked really good in the playoffs. Uh, 6 of 11 from 3. He's played good defense throughout all of this. 3 steals, 3 blocks. He's just been phenomenal for this Rockets team. Uh, Eric Gordon has stepped up, and he's actually been playing pretty well. He was definitely struggling uh, this whole season, basically. And then uh, in the playoff games and in the seeding games, he was struggling. But he's seeming to get a groove. He's one of those players who's very off and on. Uh, but when he's on, he can be a great three-point shooter. He's still uh, got some good athleticism, so he can get to the basket as well. Shot five and nine from three. Uh, as long as he's doing that, he's a very valuable piece for them. Jeff Green continues to be great off the bench. Uh, 13 points, shot five of seven, hit three of four threes. He's just been really good for this team. Uh, and we all know what happened at the end. It was a it was a wild ending to such just a crazy game, a crazy series. Uh, it was a bit of a mess for the Thunder for sure on that last possession. Uh, I wish they would have called a timeout, but Chris Paul, after being so great in that fourth quarter, they uh, doubled him and just kind of had anyone else beat them. And then Shea. Uh, got the ball to Luguen's store, and then James Harden got that huge block. He was playing some great defense uh, to end the game. And even though I still think uh, people should be critical just because of how bad he was, uh, he did come up with some huge plays. He got three three blocks, two steals, and was big on the defensive end, especially that play. That was a massive play. Uh, and then it was a bit of a confusing ending. Like Luguen's store caught it. Uh, well, caught the ball after he blocked it out of bounds. And so the Rockets get the ball. They get fouled. 
Uh, then I think there was a delay a game, and for some reason they put Danilo Gallinari at the free throw line. And even though I know he'd been uh, killing it from the free throw line, I think he made like 25 straight or something. You got to put Chris Paul in that situation. He's like a 90% free throw shooter. He's been incredible from the free throw line, and he was six of six in this game. So that was a confusing move. And then the they called multiple timeouts, and the out of bounds play they came up with was terrible. Like them having Shea. Passing it in was such a confusing decision uh, just because he's not a, a great passer. He's a pretty average passer, so it was weird that they didn't put Chris Ball. And I know they may have wanted Chris Ball to get the ball, but the play wasn't even run up for him. It looked like it was being ran for Danilo Gallinari. And it's a play that they've ran for years now, so it was weird that with Russell Westbrook, who's been on that team for so long, they would still run that same play that he knew. He knew what was happening that play. And even then, Steven Adams uh, could have had a chance if they threw a lob or just threw a normal pass to get a bucket. And then... Uh, if they had Chris Paul instead of Shea, they could have passed it cross court the Dennis Shooter. And obviously, we don't know if they, they would have made it or not. But it's much better than what happened, which the result was terrible. It was just a really bad turnover. And it was just a big blown opportunity. Uh, to lose a game like that is really tough, especially with uh, how good uh, Billy Donovan has been as a coach all year. He kind of fell apart at the end and really struggled at uh, I don't think this will be like a sign of things to come or anything. I don't think he'll get fired or anything. That'd be a huge overreaction for them. Uh, but it was just weird to see him kind of have a collapse after having such a good season coaching. After proving a lot of people wrong, he just really uh, was struggling to draw up a good play. And after all those timeouts, it was pretty embarrassing that they came out with that play that just didn't work at all. Uh, but it was a great season for the Thunder. And it's big that the Rockets were able to get this done because this would have been an absolutely massive stain on the Russ, on Russell Westbrook and James Harden legacy, especially especially James Harden. If James Harden lost this game shooting 4-15 from the field and 1-9 of nine from 3, he would have gotten a lot of hate. And it would have been well-deserved because he didn't play good, but he did come up when it mattered most and made that huge block. So shout out to him. Uh, this was a really fun series, a nice seven-game series. You love to see that. Uh, a series that had a ton of storylines, and it was really cool to watch. Uh, to see Russell Westbrook go against his old team, to see Chris Ball go against the team who just traded him. Uh, and, yeah, I really enjoyed the series. Really fun one. A lot of fun battles like James Harden, Gwen Stewart, uh, Russell Westbrook, Chris Paul. And, yeah, I enjoyed this one a lot. Uh, now, I want to talk about the Thunder's future a little bit and what they should do uh, going on from here. Because they uh, could go in two main directions where they could uh, try and rebuild and uh, continue to stockpile assets. And will continue to stockpile those assets to maybe trade for a star later down the line. Or they could continue to try and compete. But it looks like, and I would go in the direction, even though it was a really fun season, uh, it gave OKC fans a ton of hope. Uh, well, from what I've seen, this is a lot of OKC fans' favorite team. And it makes sense. This team had a great feel-good story to them. And it was really fun. Uh, but I think it's time to move on from these guys. In the exit interviews, what Chris Paul was saying, uh, definitely seemed like he knew that his time in OKC was probably almost over if you heard the way he was talking it definitely sounded like he knew it was over and it was a great season for him he definitely boosted up his value now he'll have only two years on his contract so it's not like teams will have to worry about that as much so i definitely think he'll be gone uh we, i would definitely love to see a team like the bucks go on and try and trade for him uh, a team like the jazz i brought up the mike conley for chris paul potential swap uh last episode so I think they'll go in the direction of just rebuilding. They got some young guys who have shown a lot of good, good things. Uh, obviously, you got Shea. You got Lou Dort, uh, Darius Baisley. I love what I saw from Darius Baisley. And I think their future is just so bright, especially with all the picks they have. They just have so much flexibility uh, going into the future, where if any star is going to be available on the market, they're going to have all the assets in the world to trade for said star. And it's going to be a super bright future for them. And uh, if they can get rid of that Chris Paul contract, they're also going to have cap flexibility moving into the future. So uh, even though it may be tough for OKC fans to watch their team, 
maybe a struggle next year if they trade away those guys. If they let go of a guy like Danilo Gallinari or try and make a sign-and-trade, uh, regardless, they have a super bright future. They have all the picks in the world, uh, and they can really go in whatever direction they want. I mean, I wouldn't be incredibly surprised if they just try to uh, stay competitive, but if I... If I were in their shoes, I would try to just flip the assets we have, uh, continue to get future assets, and continue to go in this rebuilding direction, even though it was a fun season. It was uh, great to watch, even just as a guy who's not a fan of that team and isn't invested in that team at all. It was just really fun to watch, and it was incredible that they were to push a Rockets team, who was a lot of people's dark horses, to seven games. Uh, but I think they should just go in that youth movement direction. They already got some young pieces. And then they have so many picks uh, that they can kind of do whatever they want. I would try and get rid of Chris Paul uh, right now when his value is so high. His value is the highest it's going to be, uh, especially with that contract only being two more years. And with him playing as great as he has, he looks healthier than ever. Uh, I would maybe even try and get rid of Dennis Schroeder, who got robbed of sixth man of the year. Because uh, his value is probably as high as it's ever been. He had a phenomenal season. Uh I don't really know what they could do with Steven Adams just because uh, I don't think his value is very high. His contract is way too big for uh, the role he plays on the team. I would, if they can, uh, try and get a sign-and-trade for Danilo Gallinari. Uh, I'm sure plenty of teams will be very interested. And maybe a team who doesn't have necessarily the cap just in free agency to sign Danilo Gallinari. Uh, if they could do, pull off a sign of trade where they could maybe get a pick or get a young player and a bigger contract, I think that'd be a really good move for them because Danilo Gallinari's definitely going to have value on the open market. Uh, didn't have a great series, but overall had a very good season. Incredibly efficient offensive player and just leads to uh, winning whenever he's on a certain team. So I would try and go in the direction of just continuing to stockpile your assets, continuing to try and create cap flexibility, because whenever Star is going to be in free agency or when a star is going to be on the market, OKC is going to be up there as one of the options because they just have so many picks where they can create a next super team. And hopefully, you know, they don't mess it up. Uh, we all we all obviously saw what happened when they had uh, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, uh, and Kevin Durant, and that was messed up severely. So hopefully they can uh, take advantage of this opportunity better, continue to develop those young guys, uh, use all those abundance of picks they have in the future, and just try uh, to get as young as they can and get rid of those older guys, even though it was a fun season. Uh, they all basically have the max value that they're going to have, except for Steven Adams, really. And I think it's just time to move on. Uh, I think it's time to go in a rebuilding direction. And I think they're going to have one of the best rebuilds of uh, the 2020s. Even though I think they should rebuild, uh, I think they could easily get back into contention before we know it. Just hopefully with some younger guys uh, who can be on that team for a long time. But I like this OK team. OKC team's uh, future a ton. I like a lot of the young guys they have on the roster. And then they just have so many different options with all the picks. And then the cap flexibility they could potentially have. So I really like the directions team can go in. And uh, yeah, I would go in the tanking direction. But they could either continue to compete or go in the tanking direction. Either way, I think they're going to be set up beautifully for the future. And yeah, hopefully they don't blow this opportunity like they did, because that'd be so sad to see another uh, great opportunity blown. But I don't think they will. I have trust in this front office. Uh, moving on, I want to talk about the Miami versus Milwaukee series. Now, man, this has been an interesting one. Uh, first, I want to talk about game two. Uh, now, this one was a very, very back and forth game. Uh, Goran Dragic continues to be phenomenal for the Heat. 23 points, hit four of his eight threes. Uh, Tyler Hero was huge off the bench. 17.6 uh, of 13 from the field, three of eight from three. Uh, Jimmy Butler had his first just like, ugh, game. Only 13 points, three of eight from the field, 0 of two from three. He just really uh, just didn't have that momentum, didn't have that rhythm. Uh, and wasn't being super aggressive like we've seen him be. Uh, to close the games, and it was it just wasn't a great offensive night for the Heat. 
Uh, they definitely shot the ball decent, about 38% from three on 45 shots. You like to see that. They've been continued to get to the free throw line at a great rate. Uh, their just ball movement and how they play as a team is just so impressive. Uh, they really just figure out a way to get everybody involved. Like, if you look at their starters, everybody had double digits. Uh, Duncan Robinson, 13. Goran Dragic, 23. Bam, 15. Jay Crowder, 16. Jay Crowder's been phenomenal for them, both on offense and on defense, even though even though it was a bit of a rougher uh, shooting night for him. Uh, and then Jimmy Butler was just 13. But then you got guys like Kelly Olynyk who came in, and in only 15 minutes, even though he's not a great defender and he doesn't really provide much, uh, the three of four threes he hit was huge, scored 11 points in those only 15 minutes. Tyler Hero, uh, like I said, con- continues to step up. It's so impressive to see a rookie uh, w- with a team that has a lot of veteran players uh, have so much trust put into him as he's played 30 uh 30 plus minutes in a lot of these games and then on the buck side uh Giannis had his first like really good game even though he just wasn't that impactful uh he wasn't that impactful uh to end the game and that's been my biggest issue with him this whole uh playoff so far is that he just doesn't seem to have that closing ability especially from the free throw line man he was shooting really really well from the free throw line but he missed some crucial ones some very very big ones and the only, the a thing that annoys me so much is I know he was in a bit of foul trouble with four fouls, but 35 minutes is unacceptable for your superstar, your best player to play in a key game. Because uh, going down 2-0 and winning is not an easy feat by any means. So it's really just frustrating to see Giannis continue to be preserved. Like, what are we preserving him for? You guys need to win these games. Uh, and then Chris Middleton was just, eh. I mean, he got to the free throw line at a great rate. He hit 11 of his 12 free throws. That was nice to see. And he was a big positive for the team, uh, being a plus 18 on the night. But again, only played 33 minutes. Uh, but he was in big foul trouble with five fouls. He also got eight assists. He had, he had a very well-rounded game. Uh, didn't hit any threes. But other than that, he played very well. Uh, Brooke Lopez continues to be great for this team. Uh, 16 points, 5 of 8 from the field, 3 of 5 from 3. He's just been really good this entire series. Uh, he's really catching that momentum from the three that he was uh, doing last year. This whole uh, regular season, he struggled from the three, but he's shot really well uh, during the playoffs for sure. And then Eric Bledsoe was just all right. I mean, it's not uh, like the performances we've seen in the past where we've just played flat out terrible, but like 6 of 14, hit hit is only three. Like, it's all right. Uh, and then their rotations continue to be weird. Uh, they play way too many people. Bro. Why is Pat Connaughton getting playoff minutes? Uh, why is Dante DiVincenzo playing seven minutes? I know he fouled twice in those seven minutes. That's not good. But he should still be getting more minutes than Pat Connaughton. Pat Connaughton really doesn't bring anything. And you can see by the plus minus, minus 19 in only 12 minutes. He really just doesn't bring anything to this team. Uh, their depth has really been overrated for a while now in my opinion i mean george hill's a great bench piece i would honestly uh have him as my starting point guard even though eric bloods a bigger name george hill is just a much more steady player a player that i can rely on way more hit five of his nine shots hit two of his four threes scored 14 points he's just a very efficient uh smart defender even though eric bloods is probably a better defender uh george hill i could just trust a lot more to make the right play uh even if it doesn't show up in the box score even if he's just making a pass uh that is an act then someone will make an extra pass at the corner i just think george hill is a great basketball mind and i would have him playing more for sure uh and then dante divincenzo is basically their only other good bench piece but guys like kyle corver is dirt old uh obviously he's still got the three-point shooting because that do- doesn't just go away and then marvin williams uh, has been all right for the bucks was really struggling this game though one of six uh, from the field, 0-4 from three. Surprised they kept him in for as long as they did. And uh, the refing at the end of the game was absolutely terrible, man. Uh, it wasn't even like I was mad because it looked like it was like swaying one side. It was just bad in general. Like the Heat deserved to win this game, but that call on Chris Middleton for the three was terrible. He did not. Well, there was no one getting under his space. It was just Chris Middleton literally just missed the shot, and they called that foul, which that foul was terrible. Uh, 
there just wasn't any contact. It's not like he was getting necessarily under his landing space. It's not even like Chris uh, Middleton like did the thing that like James Harden was uh, getting accused of doing last year of like swinging his, his legs out. I just simply think he missed the shot and that it wasn't affected by the uh, the defender much at all. It's not like he was getting into him. It's not like he hit him. It was just a really bad call. And then they called that Jimmy Butler uh, shot, which he definitely got touched on it. But I just don't think you can call that to end a playoff game. Like maybe even even a regular season game. It's like you're kind of pushing it by calling that to end the game. And it just seemed like that was that was a makeup call for what happened on the Chris Middleton play, and that's just something you don't want to see. The refs just need to be more consistent. They've had this big issue of being incredibly inconsistent uh, throughout these playoffs, so definitely need to see them be more consistent because you can't be doing that, especially in a playoff game. Uh, but this was still a good performance by the Heat. Uh, they still outplayed the Bucks, especially to close the game for sure. Uh, and, yeah, I just love what I've seen from this Heat team. They've played phenomenal. They had the lead for most of the game, and they just really seemed to uh, be in control, even though uh, it wasn't ever a blowout. They just always seemed like they were uh, had their foot on the gas, and they really just didn't let off. Uh, they defended the three great. The Bucks only shot 7 of 25. And, yeah, it was a good performance from the Heat. They've really been playing uh, some of the best basketball they have of all year, and Eric Spolstra is a phenomenal coach. Now moving on to the second matchup. Now this one was uh, a lot more worrying. And well, this series is over now. It's 3-0. No team has ever come back from 3-0. And this Bucks team has looked atrocious. It's, oh my God, this game was so ugly. 7 of 16 from the field for Chris Middleton. 2 of 6 from 3, only 18 points. Again, played 36 minutes. Uh... Giannis 7 of 21, 0 of 7 from 3, and the Heat were absolutely letting him shoot, and he just kept doing the same thing. This Bucks offense is just way too simplistic. Coach Boonholzer is a terrible, I let me repeat that again, he's a terrible playoff coach. I don't care that he has two Coach of the Year awards. I don't care that he's led some of his teams to the best regular season. He is a terrible playoff coach. When you are facing one of the best coaches in the entire league in Eric Spolstra, and like I said in the first game, uh, if they didn't make adjustments, he was going to get circles coached around him. That's exactly what's happening. He is absolutely getting torched as a coach. And his offense is so simplistic. Even though the Heat are literally playing the perfect defense to stop what Giannis does, he's just doing the same thing. He's not trying to, like, post them up. He's not switching anything up. And then the Heat are just letting him shoot, and he's breaking it. He's lost all his confidence. He can't shoot from the free throw line to save his life. 7 of 12. He was airballing. He's been airballing free throws, airballing threes. It's unacceptable that a superstar, a true superstar, is playing this bad. And why is he playing 34 minutes in a game three that is a must win. No team has ever come back from down 0-3. And you're playing him 34 minutes? What are you doing? He's not even in foul trouble. Like, at least Chris Middleton, he fouled out in those 36 minutes. Giannis had three fouls. What are you doing, Mike Boonhoser? And then it's all the post-game stuff, too. He said this throughout the year. I remember a quote earlier in the year that's been brought back up, and it really just shows how bad of a coach he is, is that someone was talking to him about, like, making adjustments, and he just says he's just going to roll with what they have and hope that it works. You can't do that. You can't just keep going with the same thing, and we're seeing what's happening. You have a genius basketball mind like Eric Spolstra, and you expect the... to do the same thing over and over again and it just to work eric spolstra is destroying mike boonholzer as a coach and mike boonholzer needs to be fired if i don't see him fired especially if they get swept uh with the game uh today if they get swept this is mike boonholzer's last chance I even think if they don't get swept, he needs to be gone. They need to make a move. They need to try and get a guy like Chris Paul. This team cannot come back as the same because this team, uh, I expected the Heat to win. I had the Heat winning in seven or six uh, just because I thought they matched up so perfectly. But I didn't think it would be this. This is an embarrassment. 
to the player who's going to be defensive player of the year and MVP to get maybe swept by a team that doesn't really have a true superstar. I mean, Jimmy Butler's playing phenomenal basketball right now, but Jimmy Butler is probably for me at best like the 10th to 12th best player in the league. And man, it's embarrassing, so embarrassing to see them go out sorry like this. And again, why is Giannis playing 34 minutes? What are we preserving him for? Like, what are you doing? You have no clue how to coach an NBA team when it's the playoffs and when a team has to has the chance to hone on hone in on you for seven games. And I thought maybe he had, he had improved. Uh, maybe he learned from his mistakes from playing the Raptors last year, uh, from his time in Atlanta, but he hasn't uh, learned anything. He just runs the same repetitive offense, the same repetitive defense. That's clearly not working, and it's embarrassing. His rotations are terrible. It's it's been better. It was better this game, at least. At least terrible. Pat Connaughton didn't play, uh, but his rotations are really, really bad, and it's just a mess. I don't know what he's doing. Like, how are you a coach of the year coach, yet you're getting so embarrassed by Eric Spolstra? Like, this is this series is really showing the value of coaching. Like, obviously, the Heat are playing great. Uh, no discredit to the Heat. They're playing phenomenal basketball right now. They've impressed me a ton, even as a guy who believed in them uh, and thought they were going to beat this Bucks team. They have played amazing. But also, the Bucks are getting embarrassed on... Uh, the coaching side. Eric Spolstra is literally destroying uh, Mike Budenholzer as a coach, and he can't do anything about it. He's not making any adjustments, and it's just sad to see. Their three-point shots are not hitting, uh, 11 of 37, and they're just not playing good. They had the lead for a lot of this game. They were up by 14 at one point. They had... They had the game secured, it looked like, until the fourth quarter. If you look at this fourth quarter, the Bucks got outscored 40-13. to 13. Jimmy Butler outscored the Bucks by himself. Unacceptable and embarrassing from the Bucks. It was one of the most pathetic performances I've ever seen. In an absolute must-win game, your superstar shoots 7 of 21, only plays 34 minutes, and you let one player outscore your whole team in the fourth quarter and blow a big lead. Embarrassing. Mike Boonholzer needs to be gone. They need to make severe roster changes. Uh, they need to get a guy like Chris Paul. Chris Middleton is not a second option on a championship team. Giannis is not a good enough shot creator uh, to have a guy like Chris Middleton as his uh, second option on a championship team. And... It's embarrassing. Brooke Lopez has basically been their best player this whole series. It's just sad to watch. Eric Bledsoe stunk up the bed like he usually does in the playoffs. Two of nine, one of three from three. He's just not that good in the playoffs. And it's pretty simple. Uh, George Hill is definitely better than him, to be totally honest. Especially in the playoffs, man. And it's not like the... The Heat had this crazy performance. I mean, they continue to shoot the three at a great rate. 47 attempts and 38%. And then that boy, Jimmy Butler, is a killer in the fourth quarter. This is what I was worried about this whole uh, time for the Bucs. As someone who really hasn't believed in the Bucs the entire season, uh, they were like my fourth option to make the finals, to be totally honest. Uh, and this is why they can't close out games. And Jimmy Butler was killing them two of five from three he's been hitting his threes way better than he has all season he gets to the free throw line at a crazy rate he's so good at drawing fouls 14 of 19 uh 30 points most of those coming in the fourth quarter and he is proving so many people wrong i have always respected jimmy butler a ton i've uh taken his side on a lot of these things that have happened and i think he's been portrayed poorly by the media but he just continues to gain my respect more and more every game he's playing so phenomenal right now and shout out to jimmy butler he's really proven why he's one of the best players in the whole league i think uh he's gonna go up on a lot of these people lists uh depending on how the heat uh how far the heat go and honestly right now they're looking like uh, they'd be my favorites to go to the finals in the East for sure. Uh, just because I think this 
Toronto versus uh, Boston series is going to tire the teams out so much because it's going to be such a war that the Heat are going to be rested. And then I think Eric Spolster is such a phenomenal coach. I love their personnel. Bam Adebayo is playing amazing right now too. Seven of eight, his six of his seven uh, free throws, got 16 rebounds, continues to play great defense on Giannis. Drake Crowder is playing amazing right now. Hit five of his 11 threes. Those are the only shots he took, which you'd love to see. That's such a good sign. He even got five assists. He's just playing great right Right now, Goran Dragic had his first just like eh game, six of fifteen, uh, three of seven from three, but he's been playing great. Tyler Hero wasn't even that good, three of eleven. Uh, they got some guys who gave him some good energy. Uh, Derek Jones hit two of his two threes in only six minutes, so that's nice. Uh, Andre Iguodala hit two of his two threes as well, and he's playing great defense. All these guys are just stepping up and playing amazing basketball. They have this underdog spirit to them that is really commendable. And it's so much fun to watch them uh, be such a good team and just be so connected as a team because they're all out to prove each to prove the whole league wrong because uh, this team is filled with people who were drafted late, undrafted players who were given up on by other teams. You got guys like Bam Adebayo, late lottery, Tyler Hero, late lottery, Kendrick Nunn, uh, Duncan Robinson, undrafted, Jimmy Butler drafted 30th, uh, was... Uh, put as a locker room cancer was given such a bad reputation by the media jay crowder was basically a throw-in on the andrea Godala trade and he's been such an amazing pickup for them it's just so much fun to watch this underdog mentality team led by a guy like jimmy butler who i love to see just his confidence right now like no one can mess with jimmy butler right now he is on a torch and it's amazing to watch. Shout out to Jimmy Butler. Shout out to the Miami Heat. Shout out to Eric Spolster for knowing how to make adjustments and knowing how to be a good coach. One of the best minds in the league. He's been, oh my God, so impressive as a coach. And just shout out to this whole team. I would have them making the finals. Even if my, Cel if my Celtics play them in the conference finals, I'm going to be terrified because they have so much momentum. They're just rolling right now. They're playing so great. Shout out to the Heat. The Bucks need to get their stuff together. Uh, the season the season is over for them, and it was one of the saddest and most embarrassing ways to go out. And I need to see adjustments this offseason. I need to see adjustments quick. I need to see Mike Boonehoser fired immediately after this is over. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to take a break and be right back. I'll talk about uh, Raptors versus Celtics, uh, Nuggets versus Clippers, Rockets versus Lakers. Then we'll have some NFL news. Okay, everybody, I'm back to talk about Celtics versus Raptors. Now, first, we're going to talk about Game 2. Uh, this was a massive win for the Raptors. Kyle Lowry had a phenomenal game this game. Uh, 13 of 23. Uh, only hit two of his eight threes, but still scored 31. And got eight assists. Obviously got that massive assist uh, to end the game. Uh, he played really well. Fred Van Vliet continues to not be great uh, so far for the Raptors team. But he did hit five of his 13 threes. Uh, still only shot 9 of 22 overall, though. And then Pascal uh, really just hasn't been that good uh, ever since the season has came back. 6 of 15, 1 of 4 from 3. The 3 is really struggling for sure. Uh, OG on Anobi has continued to play great defense. Uh, hit five, uh, 3 of his 5 threes. He's really been hitting those corner shots at a great rate. And then obviously, like I said, been playing great defense. 3 steals, 2 blocks. Uh really helped contain some of those Celtics wings uh, this game. And no one really stepped up off their bench. It wasn't a great offensive night for either team. Uh, Norman Powell was good in the minutes he played for sure. Uh, two of three threes, hit uh, three of four shots overall, but got in foul trouble pretty quickly. It was three fouls in only 15 minutes. And then Serge, after being so good and uh, really being a matchup problem for the Celtics, only hit one of his six shots, 0 of three from three, which has been... Uh, such a good shot for him this entire playoff so far. And then Marcus Hall, uh, obviously not an offensive threat, but will always do what he uh, does defensively and is always a great defender, great rim protector. Uh, hit five of his nine shots for 10 points, 0 for 3 from 3. Uh, it was just a pretty all right uh, offensive night for both teams. Nothing special. Uh, they only hit 13 of their 43s. Uh, definitely struggled from the line, 9 of 16. 
And yeah, it just wasn't a great uh, offensive game. wasn't for the Celtics either. Uh, Jason Tatum, even though Jason Tatum is so phenomenal, he's such a good player. Uh, he's stepped up huge defensively and has been great offensively his whole playoffs. He definitely still has those games where you can just be a little bit frustrated because uh, he'll just have a really bad game here and there. And that was uh, his first one throughout the playoffs so far. Shot only 5 of 18. Uh, for 15 points, hit one of his four threes. He was just really struggling. Uh, the Raptors have had a really good game plan to stop him, too. They've been throwing a lot of doubles at him uh, and throwing a lot of good defenders at him, too. Uh, a lot of possessions where it's OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam, uh, Norman Powell, even. They just have so many good wing defenders that have made it tough uh, for Jason Tatum, for sure, especially when they're running that box in one and they've been face guarding him a lot that's been giving him some problems so i like that creativity from nick nurse uh that's what i expected from from, from him for sure uh to just throw out some creative lineups that would make some of uh, our best players struggle Jalen brown had a pretty solid game his first like pretty good game this whole series uh 19 points 9 of 15 from the field uh got 12 rebounds got four blocks even he was playing some uh very good defense he's been playing really impressive defense on pascal uh making him struggle to hit his uh shots especially from the three and then has also done a really good job of guarding him in the post so you really like to see that uh daniel tice continues to just be uh, solid and steady for this team. Never going to be a big stats guy, but always uh, shows up, plays good defense, sets good screens, all stuff like that. Marcus Smart definitely struggled this game. Uh, this is just the Marcus Smart experience you're going to love uh, when he's making all those winning plays, when he's getting those steals, when he's laying out on the floor. Uh, but you're also going to get frustrated when he shoots 4-15, 2 of 9 from 3. It's just kind of what you give and take with Marcus Smart. Uh, even though he's such a valuable player, such a good player, he's just in pretty inconsistent offensively, even though he's gotten a lot better. It's still something that's not reliable, and we saw that this game. Uh, that was a big uh, hit for the Celtics to have him struggle that much. But Kemba has continued to be so great this whole playoffs. He was amazing this game, 29 points on only 15 shots, uh, hit 9 of those 15 shots, 4 of 7 from 3, 7 of 7 from the line. He was just really, really good this game. He obviously had that phenomenal pass to Tice. That was an elite pass, and it hurts uh, to lose the game, obviously just as a Celtics fan, but to see Kemba make such a great play, uh, and then only 0.5 seconds, OG Ananobi hit that crazy shot. But I was really impressed by uh, Kemba this game. He's just been playing so great this whole playoffs. And then off the bench, uh, Celtics guys, really none of them stepped up and did anything. Uh, kind of like what you expect out of the Celtics bench at this point. Uh, it'd be so nice for them just to have some really nice, consistent bench pieces. And hopefully, uh, I'm really hoping they can just nail it in the draft uh, and in free agency and find some guys who can be good off the bench. Hopefully they can uh, continue to develop those young guys because they definitely need help off that bench, and that's a big reason uh, why the series isn't over already, just because of that bench is so unreliable. Uh, the Celtics definitely need to get to hitting their threes better. Uh, the three-point shot has been a pretty... Uh, bad for them after them being such a good three-point shooting team uh, all year 31 percent on 9 of 29 definitely need to see uh, that be better jason tatum one of four Jalen brown o of two daniel tice o of two marcus smart two of nine basically the only person who shot good with kemba so uh, i expect better from them they struggled in the most recent game too uh, they definitely need to get in a groove offensively and then we all know what happened that insane uh, pass from Kyle Lowry. That was one of the greatest passes I've ever seen. To throw it over uh, seven seven five Taco Fall cross court and just make such a perfect pass to the corner, and then OG uh, got it off really quickly and hit it. It was a crazy shot, and it was it was a really weird experience because obviously as a Celtics fan, I'm mad because we could have gotten up three zero, but I was more just like in awe and just like shocked. It was just such a crazy sequence of events to see Kemba make that phenomenal pass and Tice get the dunk and then see them hit that crazy shot. It was just, it was a back and forth great game the whole time. It really never seemed like either team had control. And even if they'd go uh, up for a little bit of a lead, like Celtics were up at 10 one point, the, Celt uh, the Raptors were up by 7 at one point. Even when that happened, uh, it always just seemed like the other team would bounce back and make a bit of a run offensively. And then the Raptors just hit a big shot. Uh, it was a really back-and-forth game. The stats are just so even. 
like uh, they got pretty similar assists, uh, similar rebounds, similar turnovers, uh, similar steals and blocks, similar from the field, similar from the field. Both shot poor from the, uh, both shot poor from the three. It was just a really back and forth game. It's what. Uh, everybody expected out of this Raptors Celtics series. I saw someone like uh, tweet out on Twitter like, if the Celtics and Raptors were to play a hundred times, I swear each team would win fifty times. And it's so true. These teams are just so evenly matched, and that's why I had this series going seven. Uh, it's it's been a lot closer uh, these last couple games, and it's been much more of what I expected. This is going to be a war uh, in this most recent game this was definitely the most frustrating game i've seen from the celtics all year we played absolutely terrible jalen brown oh my god jalen brown 2 of 11 from 3 4 of 18 from the field there was one possession where we got like three offensive rebounds and he missed the shot every single time marcus smart one of six from three two of eight from the field uh, no one stepped up on the bench, really. It was just really, really rough to watch. The Celtics could just never go on that run because the three-point shooting was terrible. 7 of 35. Jason Tatum wasn't hitting his threes, even though he was doing everything else great. Only shot 1 of 6. Obviously, Jalen Brown, 2 of 11. Kemba Walker, 1 of 6. Uh, Marcus Smart, one of six. Kemba Walker really wasn't that good. He was just all right, 15 and eight on decent efficiency. Uh, Robert Williams only playing two minutes in the second half was unacceptable after him playing so well. Uh, it was just rough to watch. Like, I was so infuriated. Uh, I tweeted this out. Like, watching that game, that was the biggest six point lead I've ever seen, where it felt like we were. Uh, always in the game but we could just never go on that run even if we would hit a shot and pull it to like four they would hit a three and then the lead is back up to seven and it's like oh my god come on guys we just were so bad offensively and we're such a potent offense this entire year we've been so phenomenal on the offensive end it was just really really rough to watch i was so frustrated i've like I said, I've never been more frustrated this entire year watching the Celtics play. I was just, uh, I was irate watching this because we just couldn't go on any offensive run. And you got to give credit to the Raptors defense. They played phenomenal defense. But also, we were just missing so many open shots, which is why I'm not super worried, even though the Raptors have the momentum. It's a 2-2 series. It's back even. We need to win this game five for sure. And I think we... I have pretty good confidence that we can just because uh, I expect us to bounce back offensively. It, it is a little bit worrying after a heartbreaking loss like that, that they really just didn't bounce back offensively and didn't play great. They just didn't seem to have that heart that they have. They talked a lot about that in the postgame interview that the Raptors just wanted it more. And it just seemed like that it, they were just struggling a lot. And I was so frustrated, man. It was really, really rough to watch my favorite team just like lie over like they're dead and just not do anything it just seemed like they never could uh, pull that lead back and the the raptors just held control the entire game i need tomorrow the celtics need to win this game uh game five i think whoever wins game five is gonna win the series uh that's a very very pivotal game That'll be a massive game. It's probably going to go seven like I expected it because these teams are just so close. But I need to see uh, Jalen Brown step up and have a big game because he was obviously frustrated after he uh, let OG Ananobi open. He was very, very frustrated in his postgame interview. Uh, I need to see Jason Tatum hit his threes more, one of six. He played great other than that. Uh, but definitely need to see that be better. I need to see Kemba be more aggressive and hitting his shots better, one of six. I need to see Marcus hit his shots more. Uh, he's been really inconsistent. I need to see him stop turning the ball over so much, too. He's really struggled with turnovers. Had five turnovers that game. Uh, that was pretty ugly to watch. And I'm just disappointed by the Celtics team. They really, really frustrated me that game. I was just so embarrassed by their performance. Uh, I was so just annoyed watching them because their offense was terrible, even though, again, give credit to the Raptors. They played great defense, uh, but it was rough to watch from the Celtics. I need a big bounce-back game or I'm going to lose all my confidence in this team. I need to see them 
uh, prove that they are ready and that they they can win the series. Because uh, the way Miami's playing right now, uh, we need to gain some momentum for sure if we want even a chance to even make it to the conference finals. And then if we do make the conference finals, we need to gain some momentum to beat that Miami team. Uh, but on the Raptors side of this, like I said, they were playing great defense. They ran that box in one and were face guarding Tatum a lot. That was giving the Celtics a lot of problems because just no one else was stepping up for them, man. Uh, and then Serge Ibaka, other than uh, the game, the previous game has continued to kill the Celtics. Seven of nine, uh, scored 18 points, hit all four of his threes. He's been killing us in that pick and pop, man. Daniel Tice is really struggling. Oh, well, basically, who, whoever is out there is struggling a ton to guard Serge Ibaka on that pick and roll. Uh, Kyle Lowry, just if you look at the stats, didn't have a great game, uh, but came up with some huge plays, was huge on the rebounds, uh, got seven assists, was playing great defense. Only shot five of 16, though. Uh, it was re- it was really frustrating that game uh, going back. It just seemed like even though I love Marcus Smart so much, oh my god, it just seemed like a Marcus Smart and Kyle Lowry flopping battle. Like it was just so many plays where uh, one would flop and then the other would flop, and I was like, oh my god, can you guys just play like? And there were some bad calls too. I hate blaming the refs. Cause I feel like it's such a bad excuse, but there were some really bad calls to. Uh, towards the end of that game like that Jason Tatum call where they called an offensive foul on him where the Celtics really could have gained that momentum and uh, were pulling back to try and win that game that was a terrible call very bad call from uh, from the refs there and then Fred Van Vliet his two-point shot has really struggled this entire series but he has been hitting his threes pretty well 5 of 11 from three uh, Pascal Siakam had another rough game two of 13 from three that is rough uh, he was really settling for the three a lot, it seemed like. And then OG was just all right. But what really stood out was the defense. It was a very sloppy game from them offensively. So shot under 40% from the field. Uh, shot pretty well from three, though. Uh, shot basically the same from the field and from three. Uh, but it was really that defense that closed it. I'm so disappointed by how the Celtics played that game. I really wasn't like that mad after game three because I'm like, we couldn't do anything. Uh, and they just kind of stole that game from us. But this game, it was like, yeah, that was our fault. We played some bad basketball, and it was so frustrating to watch. The game felt way more than a seven-point loss. Uh, Maybe just because of the magnitude of the game and how important that game was, but that game felt like a 15-point loss, not a seven-point loss. And I need to see my boys step up, play better basketball. Uh, It's just so frustrating with this team sometimes, just watching that bench, uh, because we can really never come back when we have that bench out. When you have guys like Semi Ojale, Grant Williams, Brad Wanamaker playing key rotation minutes in the playoffs, that's really bad. So the issue with the Celtics, especially with uh, Gordon Hayward down, the Gordon Hayward loss is really starting to show because when all of our guys aren't playing great offensively uh, in the starting lineup, it can become really rough and we can become really vulnerable uh, when that happens. So tomorrow on monday i need to see the celtics play great i think whoever is like i said whoever's gonna win that game five i think they got the series i need to see celtics shoot way better from three and i just need to see them play harder they just didn't seem like they wanted it more than the raptors and yeah very disappointed by that performance it was honestly embarrassing to see how the celtics played need to see them have a bounce back game five uh and they can't be messing around like they are right now. The Celt- this Raptors team is way too good to take this team lightly. And it just seems like that's what the Celtics are doing. So I need to bounce back at Game 5. I'm really looking forward to that one. And I think whoever wins that wins the series. That's the way some momentum. But it's back to an even series. And anybody can win right now. Uh, I just think these teams are so evenly matched. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens Game 5. I think that'll be the... Uh, tail of the series for sure but incredibly disappointed by the celtics need to play better especially on that three-point shooting that was terrible uh now i want to talk about nuggets versus clippers now this has been a very very confusing series uh the nuggets got absolutely torched that first game which i expected i expected the nuggets to be exhausted uh which they did look at like they were out there jamal murray really struggled five of 15 uh, from the field two of eight from three he just seemed super tired and again that's what i expected they played 
a super hard seven games. They had to come uh, back from down 3-1. So I didn't expect them to just be like super energetic out there. I expect them to all be fatigued. Nikola Jokic, 15 points on 14 shots. Uh, missed both of his threes. Paul Millsap, uh, 3 of 6, scored 13. It was just a rough game for them offensively. Uh, they really just couldn't do much. Michael Porter Jr., 2 of uh, 9 from the field, 0 of 6 from 3. It just was terrible to watch them out there because you could tell the fatigue was so visible. You, it was just so easy to tell that they were they were done out there. They were exhausted because they had to put so much heart in that last game. And then the Clippers just came out. Uh, looked like the Clippers that I expected. Marcus Morris had a phenomenal game, 7 of 10 from the field, 4 of 5 from 3. He was great in the minutes he played. Uh, Kawhi Leonard has been so consistent in this playoffs other than the most recent game uh against the against the Nuggets he's just played insane basketball right now uh 29 points uh shot 75% he's just such a beast unstoppable in that mid-range area uh Paul George was just pretty all right this game 19 points only 2 of 7 from 3 uh Montrez Harrell was eh. uh but their defense looked really good and again like i said the nuggets just look exhausted uh they definitely shot the three ball well and then Kawhi just kind of never let the nuggets uh even sniff that they were gonna have a chance in this game Kawhi just was a killer this game and then uh paul george looked decent marcus morris looked great and then their bench played all right so it was just a culmination of all those things that definitely helped them and just make the clippers look great but then in this game, uh, the Nuggets came out with a whole different energy. They looked completely rejuvenated. Nikola Jokic was insane this game, proven to me at least why he is the best center. And to me, it's not really much of an argument. 26 points, hit four of his five threes, 18 rebounds, uh, made some incredible passes, even got three blocks. He was just playing amazing. Jamal Murray looked great. He had that like ankle breaker on Kawhi. He was uh, looking like round one Jamal Murray, 27 points, uh, shot pretty efficient, 3 of 8 from 3, 10 of 21 from the field overall. Uh, they just came out with a whole different energy, like I said. Even Gary Harris uh, was looking like the old Gary Harris, hit four of his seven threes, scored 13. Uh, Paul Millsap was good in the minutes he played. Uh, two of five and three this whole team just shot really really well especially to start the game the way they started the game was insane they scored 44 points in the first quarter and they were shooting like 70 percent and like 60 percent from three it was a ridiculous performance uh from from them they just played amazing and the clippers never had a lead in this game uh, they really, really played great and just looked so energized out there. And it was nice that it gave them, the, uh, they gave themselves that cushion because the Clippers started to pull back a little bit. Uh, the Denver had a pretty rough third quarter after after having such a phenomenal first half. Uh, but since they had that cushion, they were able to keep that lead. They won by nine, and they just looked completely uh, rejuvenated. Mike Porter Jr. played well. Literally, just everyone on the team played well. Uh, Monte Morris played good minutes. It was just an, a very impressive outing from them. Uh, I'll be interested to see what happens in the future of the series. The series is very weird for me. I don't really know what to take away from these first two games because uh, the first game, the Nuggets just look exha looked exhausted. And then this game, they looked so energized and played so well, especially in that first half. Uh, I still got the Clippers winning this series. I don't expect Kawhi to have as bad of a night as he did. Uh, and overall, the Clippers just didn't play well. Uh, shot about 41%, 28% from 3. Uh, Kawhi shot 4 of 17 after being so consistently dominant. Uh, Jeremy Grant was just playing great defense on him, and then he was just missing the shots that he normally does. Wasn't hitting those mid-ranges that he's been so automatic on. Only shot 4 of 17. Uh, Marcus Morris didn't play well. Paul George... Uh, played all right i mean it hit four of his 10 threes only seven of 19 from the field overall uh and it just wasn't a very good game for them lou williams didn't play well uh mantras harrow wasn't anything special uh no just no one really stepped up for them 
They just didn't have that same firepower and that same energy that the Nuggets came out with, and especially with Kawhi struggling, uh, and then Paul George. If Kawhi's struggling and then Paul George doesn't have a great night, I just can't expect them to win, especially against a good Nuggets team like this who just came out and played great basketball. Uh, I was just so impressed by how Jeremy Grant played defense on Kawhi, even though I expect the Clippers to bounce back. I expect this to only be a uh, five or six game series because I don't think they could consistently stop Kawhi like they did uh, that game but it was an impressive performance from the Nuggets and I want this series to be close because I didn't expect it to be close and the closer each series is the more entertaining uh, the playoffs is so I'm not rooting for e- either team in this series I just want good basketball and it's exciting to see the Nuggets uh, come out and prove that they still belong in this series and that they're not some cakewalk like they looked in that first game uh, moving on to the last game we got to talk about, we got Rockets versus Lakers. Now, this is a very interesting one. We'll see uh, game two tonight. But game one, the Rockets really came out and played great. Eric Gordon, uh, like I said before, he's starting to get on a roll. Uh, 23 points, hit three of his eight threes. He played really, really well for the Rockets. James Harden, 36. James Harden was dominating, especially in that first half. James Harden was killing them. They had... Uh, no one to guard him, which I love to see. I love to see James Harden take full advantage of the fact that there was no one to guard him. Because uh, after series, we had guys like Lou Dort, guys like Shea, guys like Chris Paul guarding him. Uh, when he has a series where it's guys like Danny Green, who's just an all-right defender, uh, I like to see him just uh, come out full aggressiveness and then just dominate. 12 of 20 uh, from the field. Only shot six threes, which I like. Because sometimes he forces those step backs too much, and that can really hurt his uh, efficiency and can make him pretty exhausted but he only took three of those uh, well he only took six of those and hit three of them he got to the line pretty well got to the line 12 times and nine of those and he just played really really well he was super efficient on offense uh and i just loved what i saw from from him russell westbrook still again doesn't look completely like himself i don't like that he took five threes uh, that's just not his game, especially with this Rockets team. Uh, it was kind of weird to see him take five threes, uh, but he's still getting to that mid-range area really well. And when he, whenever he gets on a roll from that mid-range area, whenever he starts hitting like those high off the bank uh, shots, I really like to see that because it just adds a whole different dynamic that this Rockets team can really use. Uh, Austin Rivers was great in the minutes he played, scored 10 points. Uh, hit three of his four shots, two of his three threes. He's played really well. Was a plus eleven in those only uh, sixteen minutes. And then what was most impressive, to be completely honest, was the defense they played. The defense they played was incredible. PJ Tucker only shot two of seven uh, from the field and and two of seven from three. But the defense he played on uh, guys like Anthony Davis and guys like LeBron was phenomenal. He was really just uh, showing that even though he's smaller. He's so strong and he's uh, such a smart defender that sometimes that just doesn't matter. And guys like Robert Covington also played great defense. Robert Covington got four steals. uh, And it's nice, even though they are smaller and that Anthony Davis should theoretically be able to dominate just because of the strengths that those guys have and how they can kind of get under him. It, It doesn't make it. Like, it's not just easy for uh, Anthony Davis to dominate when you got guys who are playing with so much heart and then have that strength, have that lower body strength to really get under him and make it difficult for him. He was settling for a ton of jump shots because uh, I think he just got frustrated after a little bit when he couldn't score on those smaller guys in the post. And I'd just love to see that. Uh, This series can definitely go either way. I had the Lakers winning this, and I'm still not super scared about the Lakers, but the Rockets, this whole playoffs uh, for me, have always been a wild card, which I wouldn't have been surprised if they lost in the first round, but I also wouldn't be surprised if they win the finals. They're such a weird team, so the Lakers definitely have to come out and uh, play better in game two, even though I think they could still come back just because of how inconsistent the Rockets are, Uh, but this Rockets team could easily stun them and beat them. Uh, just because of how much of a wild card they are. If they're playing great defense like they were, they didn't even hit their threes at a crazy rate, which is something they should be scared about because only uh, 36% on 39 shots. Sometimes they're shooting like around 40% on around 50 shots. So the Lakers can definitely be scared because the Rockets just simply outplayed them. LeBron definitely needs to be better. Uh, 7 of 15, 2 of 7 from... Uh, three. He just seemed way too lack- lackadaisical uh, that game. And Anthony Davis, even though if you look at it, 
if you look just at his stats, uh, he looked like he had a great game. 10 of 16, uh, 1 of 2 from 3, 14 rebounds, uh, 3 steals, 3 blocks. It looked like he had a great game. But that's why, even though stats are nice and they're a nice reference, you can't just look at stats. Because when you're watching the game, it's like, man, Anthony Davis, like, what are you doing? Why are you settling for so many jumpers? Why are you settling for, for so many of these post fadeaways? You just need to go into people. And then Danny Green continues to suck. He's just lost all his mojo. Uh, Contavious Caldwell Pope was terrible. Kyle Kuzma was bad. Rajon Rondo wasn't good, even though he did hit two of his five threes. Whenever Rajon Rondo's on the court, this Lakers team just doesn't look good. Uh, when Kyle Kuzma was on the court, they played terrible, negative 21. Alex Caruso was actually really, really good for the Lakers. Uh, in the minutes he played, hit four of seven shots, two of five from three. He just played really, really well, uh, brought some nice energy, played some solid defense, uh, but was in foul trouble pretty uh, quickly, getting five fouls in only 16 minutes. And they ran a lot more... Uh, well, I saw the big men play a lot more than I thought. Even though Anthony Davis played center majority of the time, still... Uh, JaVale McGee even playing 12 and then Dwight playing 11 was a little bit weird. And then it just wasn't a good game for the Lakers at all. And the Rockets just simply outplayed them. They played way better defense. And they just looked like they wanted it way more. Like Anthony Davis, even though, again, his talent is very, very impressive, was so passive and just settling so much. I'm like, bro, you are way too big and way too talented to be playing like you are right now. And I know that P.J. Tucker, even though he's smaller, is a, is a great defender. You should still be able to dominate him just due to that size difference and how skilled you are. But he just was seemed frustrated and was settling for way too many shots. And even though, he, again, he was hitting them at a, at a good rate, he just needs to be more aggressive. And I need to see LeBron and him take over because this team uh, has such little depth where they can't have Anthony Davis settling for mid-range jump shots and post fadeaways, and then LeBron settling for threes, two of seven from three, and then just playing all right. Like, we, they need those two guys to come out full-fledged and dominate. They need to play guys like Rondo less, guys like Kyle Kuzma less. And, yeah, I don't really know what to think about the series. It's a confusing one because I could easily see it going uh, two different ways. I could see the Lakers kind of just dominating the rest of the series. I could see the Rockets dominating the series. Or I could see it being like a seven-game series. Uh, it's a tough one to pick just because of the Rockets' erratic style of play. You really never know with them. And it's interesting. It's such a stylistic uh, difference where I'm excited to watch this. And I think it's going to be a fun series. I hope guys like Russell Westbrook and James Harden continue to play well. Uh, hopefully Russell Westbrook can uh, get even better than what he's what he's been playing right now. Hopefully guys like P.J. Tucker and Robert Covington don't get tired and they can keep playing good defense. And as long as they hit their threes at a good enough rate, they can beat any team in the league. Uh, so yeah, it was an interesting game. I'll be incredibly interested to see what happens tonight. This is a pivotal game. And yeah. Moving on to some NFL news. Uh, we got a ton of cuts. We got a, uh, some contract signings. So this is very interesting. Uh, Tredavious White got a four-year, $69 million extension. Definitely deserved it. Had a huge breakout season. Uh, made the Pro Bowl. Was just phenomenal for the Bills last season. And there's really nowhere to go for, uh, but up from here. He's still a young player. Definitely deserved that. Definitely deserved uh, one of the bigger contracts. Uh, corner contracts in the league because he has a super bright future ahead of him i think he's going to be great for the bills for years to come uh very very talented player who had a breakout season deshaun watson got a four-year 160 million dollar contract extension for the texans i think this is a huge w for the uh, texans to keep him just because uh obviously they made some poor moves the deandre hopkins trade was terrible uh, but he looked like he's still committed to the team. Obviously, he's not. He didn't sign the like ten-year contract that Patrick Mahomes signed. But he's such a talented player. Uh, obviously, that's a huge contract. That's a lot to invest into him. Uh, but I think it's worth it to keep such a talented player like that, especially uh, with some of the, his talent depleting. Uh, I think he can still almost pull them at least to the playoffs, uh, basically every single year. So I like that contract for both sides. I like that it's not super long, so uh, if Deshaun Watson wants to leave at some point, he still has that option. 
And I just hope uh, Bill O'Brien can build better around him uh, and make some smarter trades in the future. And even though he hasn't won like an MVP yet or a Super Bowl, uh, he's still one of the uh, higher upper echelon quarterbacks in the league. And he's still so young. He's a very young player, uh, can do a lot of different things, can pass pretty well, and then also has the ability to escape uh, escape sacks and then run very well. So I like that move for both sides. Uh, we got a ton of cuts. We got some pretty interesting ones. Uh, the Patriots released Mohamed Sanu after trading a second-round pick for him, which is a very, very weird move. Uh, just considering, again, they traded a second-round pick for him, and that trade looked bad right uh, right then because we got him being 31, year old, 31 years old and then him just struggling that season, and then we cut him. Very, very weird move. Uh, we also saw the Patriots release both of their kickers, one of them who they drafted in the fifth round. That was also a weird move. We've just seen a lot of uh, little players cut. We saw Adrian Peterson be cut by the football team uh, and signed to the Lions. That's an interesting move for the Lions. Uh, the Dolphins acquired rookie uh, Lynn Bowden Jr., who the Raiders drafted. I think it was either in the third or fourth round. Uh, and they, well, they tra- oh they. Okay, they got him in the third round, and they traded him and a sixth round, and a sixth round pick to the Dolphins for a fourth round pick, which is such a weird move because they literally he hasn't played a game, and they literally just traded down basically. So they traded him and a pick. Very weird move. I I mean I like it for the Dolphins. They get a talented player who has a lot of versatility, uh, and who has some potential for only a fourth rounder while also getting a sixth rounder. Uh, and then Keenan Allen also uh, got a big contract extension, about four ye- four years, about $80 million. Uh, that's a great move uh, for Keenan Allen. What becomes one of the highest-paid receivers in the league. I like the move for the Chargers, too. Incredibly talented player. As long as he's, he's on the field, he's going to be one of the best receivers in the NFL. Uh, but we've just seen like a lot of cuts, a lot of smaller plays being cut. Lamar Miller uh, got cut by the Patriots. Shaquem Griffin got cut by the Seahawks. It's just been a lot of uh, people trying to... Uh, cut down to the 53-man roster. Uh, the Dolphins cut Josh Rosen. I'll, I'm very interested to see uh, what his future is because he's been a player who's been so disappointing. Uh, but maybe with uh, a place that gives him a chance, he can become something. I'll be interested to see if anybody signs him. Mitch Trubisky is going to be the Bears' starting quarterback, uh, which is interesting. Maybe he's improved. I don't really know. Uh, I don't really know why they keep giving him this chance. I don't know if Nick Foles just wasn't playing very well for them, but that's pretty interesting. Uh, and then we got one of uh, the signings that has been so just up in the air is Jadavion Clowney finally gets a deal with the Titans. I love this move from the Titans. Uh, Jadavion Clowney is an incredibly talented player, one of the most uh, gifted athletes in the entire NFL and they were already in the conference championship last year. Uh, I think they could be very good this year, too. They got Derrick Henry, Henry under contract. And then I like that move of them getting Jadavion Clowney quite a lot. Uh, I think it really adds to that, that pass rushing. And I think they're going to be a very good team this year. Uh, I just like that move for them. Especially uh, even though no one was really able to get him it was such a weird situation and maybe that was just a team that he felt he could be maximized on and i think he's going to be good with them but yeah i am super super excited for this nfl season uh, we had a lot of interesting stuff happen so many cuts uh, not many big names being cut even though there was definitely some bigger names and yeah this is going to be pretty interesting we saw just so much news a ton of contract extensions, a ton of signings, a ton of cuts. And, yeah, I'm excited for the NFL season. It will be starting this Thursday, which is super exciting. Uh, I'm interested to see how everything goes because I'm still not very sure on how all of this is going to work, how they're going to do all of this safely. But I'm just hoping it uh, turns out well that everything is safe because I think this NFL season has a ton of potential to be a lot of fun. Uh, there's so many interesting storylines. And, yeah, I'm super excited uh, for this Thursday, it's going to be a ton of content brought to you with the NFL, obviously still with the NBA playoffs going on. And I hope you enjoyed. If you did, make sure to download, leave a like, all that stuff. Uh, have a good rest of your day. It has been Michael. Peace out.